0: Welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and we are continuing our series on the Ten Commandments. And so this is episode six, in which we're talking about the fifth commandment, honoring your mother and father. And to do that, we have with us uh, Pastor Dan Burrell, who's a pastor at the Life Fellowship Church in North Carolina, also professor at Liberty University. You can catch him online at Worldviews, that's W-H-I-R-R-L-E-D views on facebook twitter he's got a blog and at one point had a podcast which i need to urge him to continue uh so dan welcome to our podcast so it's good to be
1: with you kevin and uh, you'll be glad to know that i am indeed reactivating my podcast i've actually been recording several episodes in the recent last uh, few weeks and that should be they should be launched
0: shortly okay i was actually joking about that because i don't want the competition but okay but no, uh, the first three you had were really good, and so I'm looking forward to uh, what you have next.
1: That's all well, so mine in some of the cases, but uh, I, you know, there are so many different topics that to hit today, and of course, some of my teaching responsibilities at Liberty University involve uh, the, the issue of uh, parenting today, yeah. both from the perspective of parents, but also in the perspective of, of church leadership and the responsibility the church has to partner with parents as we decide our children.
0: All right, well, and that's really our topic for today. So let me go ahead and read from Exodus chapter 20, uh, where, we, where we find these Ten Commandments, also in Deuteronomy 5. But here in Exodus chapter 20, we're kind of jumping from, we talked about one table of the law to the next, our, our responsibilities toward each other, and we start off with that uh, child-parent relationship. So verse 12 Honor your father and mother, and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord God, your God, is, is giving you. So we are to honor our father and mother. So Dan, talk to us, what does that really mean?
1: Well, I think there's several principles that apply to the issue of honor, uh, particularly as it relates in this context, which is familial honor. And we also have to see this also with the understanding that there are phases of honor as well. There's seasons of honor those different phases or seasons are going to look different for instance the way that a child who's still living under the authority of his parents honors his children may be and should be quite different than the way that adults or particularly adult with aged or infirm parents would honor their children so uh honor is the, kind of like the overarching uh, theme and expectation that god gives us in this passage but we also recognize that um, it's not so simplistic that it always looks the
0: same in every season's life. Yeah, and that's important because, you know, especially as we grow, that um, expectation of at least of obedience may not quite be there as much as it is, you know, when I'm teaching uh, my one-year-old and my two-year-old and and, and, the, and the other kids we've got. Uh, I, I expect when they're older, when they In fact, my 11-year-old is really expecting the, the, literally the... The minute the clock strikes, whatever, and he turns 18, um, he is going to be drastically different, living differently than he is now. Um, but to some degree, you know, when, as they get older, they're not going to be under my expectation, my um, under every rule that I have. And that's actually a good thing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, effective parenting is preparing them for the transitions that come in life, the seasons, the phases of life and also to learn to operate not by a code of conduct, but rather biblical principles that are based on a a, a respect for the ultimate authority um, and the ultimate situation in which honor is requested and required by God, and that is how we interrelate with the truth that Mm. that is embodied in scripture uh, or or revealed in scripture and, and embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. Right. So, the at their very earliest ages is not particularly intellectually complicated it's easy to say this is what honor looks like but as the child matures and becomes more sophisticated and their personality emerges then you shift away from these rigid uh, rule-based expectations for honor and you move into the domain of uh, principled honor
0: can you talk a little bit more about the whole idea of obedience in terms of honoring because I, I remember as a kid being told, aha, not only do you have to obey your parents, but you need to honor them and kind of uh, slap down with that. But uh, talk to us a little bit about that that dynamic.
1: Well, and I think it's important to understand again, basically, once you have demanded obedience, uh, you probably are dealing with multiple issues which, yeah. um, that, that go well beyond whether or not a child is conforming to certain. instructing a child's heart as an additional resource, and I highly recommend those books yeah. because you can you can require a child, and, and actually force a child for a certain periods of their life, to conform to certain behavior, but the real work of discipleship by a parent in the home is that they lead the children towards spiritual maturity that results in transformative behavior rather than conformative behavior. Right. Transformative behavior is very legalistic and is dependent upon external rules that have been basically beaten into the psyche of of an individual. But transformative behavior interacts with the person of the Holy Spirit and then the principles that are found in Scripture. And and so, you know, helping a child, as they, again, increase in sophistication, turn over the reins of rebellion to the Holy Spirit is an important aspect of discipling children.
0: Yeah, and just as as I've... Grown as a father, just in the past couple of years, becoming a father, um, I, I found I, I thought it would be a lot more. I, I let me put it this way: it's easier to expect the outward conformity to what I'm saying, whatever standard is. You you will do this. You will do X, Y, and Z. But it is much more difficult, and it's certainly much more my job to shepherd that child into okay. I want you not just to follow a rule, but I want to guide you into a relationship with Christ. And And to do that, it's not going to be just the strict disciplinarian, but I've got to be an example myself, and I have to train you to think through issues and think through why we're doing things and, and to show you the love that is behind even some of these rules that we have.
1: Absolutely. And, and, of course, there's also, because so much of this is related to the spiritual domain, um, there's the reality that, um, and, and this is one of the frustrating things about Christian parenting and, and Christian discipleship, is, is that um, there's some things that are simply out of our control. Yep. Whether or not a child or a new believer or whomever we're engaging with is willing to yield first and foremost to the authority of God in his life, question. Um, and, and again, and we, see, we see in the church, we see it in the home, we see it in the Christian school environment, uh, there eventually reaches a period in time when you can no longer demand conformity. Right. That the only, that lasting change occurs, it is spiritual, spiritual transformation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's look at a couple other passages here. Uh, I mean, the other classic passage is Ephesians 6. Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, this is the first commandment, with a promise that it may go well with you that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So first, l- let me ask you this question in terms of uh, of shepherding your child or, or or teaching your children. What does that last phrase mean to bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, or in the King James, the, at, the nurturer, and, and so on.
1: Well, you know, my, my take on that passage is this is kind of like providing the basics. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you, you know, I'm a big advocate of, of classical education, the works of Dorothy Sager, and so forth. And again, she looks at um, the of children in terms of, there's, you know, there's a period in time where rote memorization, learning the basics, knowing the, you know, the, the basics, I sometimes call it uh, setting the default setting. is essential, it's when you learn the alphabet, it's when you learn the time table. But those become the tools that you later use in applying more sophisticated uh, tasks uh, or, or reaching more sophisticated conclusions, so uh, you know, higher order thinking skills or critical thinking. And, and so, you know, as you mature, you, you start getting the questions of why, why not, why now? A lot of the why questions, that's when you start integrating the, the principled approach, um, and you have to move away from the, uh, the, 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 the harsher rule of the law, so to speak. Hmm. And, and so even when God gave us the Ten Commandments, he did not give them because he, um, he knew that we could keep them. In fact, he gave them knowing that we could not. Right. But they became for us the standard of his holiness and 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 so in, in instructing our children you know don't keep your sister uh eat your vegetables or, or um, you know don't run with scissors we're doing more than just simply um making sure that they don't kill somebody or kill themselves uh, but, but rather we're preparing them but these are the basics these are default settings these are the common truth yeah. that you need to help your behavior conform to healthy conduct. Um, but as they become more sophisticated and, and they become more challenging and critical, then they have to go beyond that. So when, when the scripture is giving this, you can't go in the Old Testament or the New Testament. And of course, we all know that the New Testament reinforces the principles of the Old Testament and right. again. Um, these are that But as we get more sophisticated, as we get challenged more spiritually, we have to learn to be able to apply the general principles as well.
0: So, as a parent, how firm do we need to be when it comes to expecting obedience from, from our children? Because, I mean, we don't want to be legalistic. But on the other hand, um, Scripture certainly places an emphasis on children need to obey. Uh, even, I, I think, at Romans 1, uh, verse 30, here's a all these things that God's talking about that, that are... Uh, descriptive of the reprobate descriptive of the, of the mind turned away from God in the midst of these horrible things here he has disobedience to parents so uh, how, how do we expect obedience without going legalistic without actually turning our children away
1: yeah. well, and, and that's absolutely crucial because obedience is, is crucial because it is part of curbing the will and, and this is something that they, you know, the more progressive educators, parenting experts, psychologists, and so forth are completely missing. But if a child never learns to respect authority in his life, they're never going to respect the authority of God, who yeah. is the supreme authority. God, a bit of authority we have uh, descends from the authority that God has given. Ours is temporary, his is permanent. So um, by teaching our children that they do not have to respect secondary authority, whether it's us or the classroom teacher or the policeman, uh, we're setting them up for devastating consequences as a result. And so it becomes very essential that they understand that there are rules, there are standards, there are expectations, and there are consequences for violating those, but also that we prepare them for understanding the process and the reasoning behind, you know, sometimes we look at the Ten Commandments and see them as harsh edicts from God, but really they're not. They point us to him, they right. protect us from our worst inclinations, and they help us to be able to live with each other without killing each other. So there's, there's an underlying why, but the first thing we need to acknowledge is
0: some other uh, dangers to avoid when it comes to this idea of honoring your parents. So the opposite of, uh, of honoring, uh, how would you define that? Well, how, how does someone break this command? Besides just disobedience, how can we be guilty of not honoring our mo- mother and father?
1: Yeah, and I'm going to separate a little bit in how I answer this. The okay. idea of honoring and the term disobeying um, I think there are times that you can disobey in an honorable way. Yeah. Um, for instance, if a parent were to insist that a child do something that was immoral or, or illegal or unethical, um, I think particularly if the child recognizes that this is not an appropriate um, ex- expectation, that they have a responsibility, a moral responsibility to refuse. But you can refuse to obey in an honorable way or a dishonorable way. And I, I think that, you know, even when we, we talk about the conflict, you know, leading up to Romans 13, um, the conflict that we may have with governmental authorities I think Scripture is pretty clear that when it comes between obeying God and man, we always choose God over man. Right. We choose between obeying civil government and God's authority. We always choose God's authority. At the same time, we recognize that an honorable way of disobedience is accepting with a right spirit the of consequences of, of those acts of civil or relational disobedience. And, and so in that, we honor God, we glorify God, because we publicly demonstrate that uh, we are submitting to his authority and our person from us, and that is an act that is glorifying God.
0: Yeah, and I would even say that in some of those cases, disobeying your parents would be an act of honoring them, um, e- even when <laughs> they don't deserve that. And, and they don't see it that way. But to honor God over my parents, I, I would love to see my children uh, grow in their relationship to God to such a degree that they'd be willing to disagree with me over something because they love God more than they love me.
1: Yeah, and, and, and I think we have to understand that honor is a two-way street. Yeah. Um, if, uh, speaking of any kind of honor... Uh, the person that's wielding authority has the responsibility to wield their authority honorably. The person under authority has the responsibility to be honorable in how he responds. And, and so we have to, to make sure that, that we understand the, the balance between those two things uh, because none of us have um, a corner in the truth. None of us have enough authority that we get to act unilaterally um, in, in opposition to the truth. And, and so there has to be this respectful uh, ability to, to perform with honor, whether you're wielding the authority or yielding to the authority.
0: So let's talk about this a little further, because being involved in the foster care system, uh, I've come to realize, you know, leaving the cloistered uh, Christian school community and whatnot, uh, you come to find out that there really are a lot of unhonorable parents whether they are at worst abusive or neglectful, uh, unregenerate or, or whatever, what, what recommendations or what advice would you give to the teenager or to the young person who is struggling with parents who clearly have dropped the ball? How do you honor or, or how do you relate to, as you grow in your relationship with Christ, to parents who clearly are not growing in that relationship and are actually... Uh, detrimental to that relationship.
1: Yes, and, and that's a complicated and complex um, question, obviously, that doesn't have any one single correct right. answer. Uh, but just, you know, make a stab at it, I would I would say that most of our tendency is that we want to be able to have solutions to our problems that we can enact immediately. And sometimes life isn't just that clean. Um, right. You know, sometimes it's a process of waiting patiently until the right time is so where we can act more definitively.
0: Yeah. For
1: a child, it comes when they can leave the home and support themselves. And at that moment, then they're free, and they are now more accountable than they've ever been on how they live out their life. Right. Until then, there's some protection, um, spiritually, legally, in other ways, um, because they're under the parents' authority. And so, if I were talking to an adolescent, for example, that you know really struggling with. Parents who are not modeling things physically or who maybe really harsh. And again, there's always limitations, and you know, I want to be careful that I'm, I'm not ignoring those, and, and that I do acknowledge them. Because you know, if a child is being physically or sexually abused, I, you know, they they have the, the right right, the responsibility to seek self-protection it's outside right. the character of God. That He would demand that we stay in a situation
0: yeah.
1: physically threatening, particularly in a familial context. At the same time, while you know turning 18 or, or getting to a point where you can get out of your home or, or whatever may seem like a long period of time, over the, uh, when, when you're 16, over the course of a lifetime, we know that that perspective is going to change somewhat. And so you have to ask yourself, what what lessons can I learn during this phase in which I'm, I'm awaiting the opportunity to be free uh, from from a lifestyle? And this would be often in the case of a of a child living in a super dysfunctional home situation, or perhaps with unconverted parents, um, what can I do with my current circumstances to glorify God? Yeah, um, and help prepare myself for that opportunity. I will have to be free of
0: this. And I'd also, you know, I'd also compare it to a situation where maybe a spouse is unsaved, or or not living up to their responsibilities. You know, you want to model Christ before them as well, and and maybe by God's grace, he can use your humility and your love to, to even bring them to himself. But of course, as, as you mentioned, again, if you're in an abusive situation, whether that's physical, sexual, whatever, you, you, you need to get out of that situation. Uh, the, the, the proper authorities need to be contacted. Um, you, you need to be safe. But even then, I think we, we, can, we can prayerfully uh, try to minister to those uh, who may not even want it. But uh, let me, uh, uh, let's get into one other issue here as our, our time is slipping away. Um, we we kind of referenced this already, but how does this ch- command change for us as we get older? So talk to the person who, who is out of the home, the, you know, uh, the 40-year-old, the middle-aged person who uh, is now, uh, you know, has a family of their own. They're not living in the house. What can they do? with? How can they honor their parents in their situation?
1: Sure. Well, again, I'm going to refer back to what I said earlier in in the podcast, that there are phases of honor. For instance, a child can honor their parents by obeying and respecting. That's the Ephesians 6-1 principle. Um, And then a young person who may be adolescent can honor their parents through submission and appreciation, acknowledging the good thing, and and submitting to the right of the parent um, to to have authority in their life and a voice in their life. But then when you reach that adult period, Honor is different in my, from my perspective. And, and in that case, one of the great opportunities is to honor your parents by offering them security. Hmm. Um, you know, when you're a child and you're looking up at your parents, they've got all the answers, they, they've got their act together, we want to be like them, and, and they, they hold all the cards, so to speak. But then as we become adults, we start seeing our parents in more human terms. I and mean, particularly as they age, they start growing fatal, frail. Uh, they look back and they have regrets on their life. It's not uncommon for adult parents or parents to go to their adult children and say, man, I wish I'd done it differently. I wish I'd been so harsh. I wish I'd been home more and so forth. And so one of the ways that adults can honor their parents is by offering security. And and, and this can, you know, look several different ways. It can be simply staying in touch by writing them or calling them, uh, visiting them. It may mean giving them attention like remembering their birthdays or sending them flowers uh, while they're living, I, I'm a, I'm a, I have a rule in my own life. I don't send flowers to funerals, but I do send flowers to people that I care about mm. uh, because people don't appreciate flowers, but living people do. So I always try to send my flowers before someone dies. It may be noticing their small needs. Um, you know, somebody recently, my, my mother lives hundreds of miles away from me, um, and, and somebody drove by her house and, and noticed that her, her there was some snow and it hadn't cleared her front, uh, front walk. So he stopped and cleaned her front walk. Um, man, I really appreciated that because yeah. that was honoring my mother in a, a place. If I lived near, I would have taken care of. So just doing those kinds of things, checking to make sure they're okay. When they're to having a problem, making sure they get kids, something as simple as doctor's appointments or hair appointments. Uh, sometimes it's just often been reassuring uh, whether that could be, you know, uh, I, I say this to my mom all the time. Um, and she's not that old. You know, my mom had me when she was 19 she's been a widow for, for 35 years. And I always tell her, I said, Mom, I don't think I ever have to worry about any, any financial thing. As long as I'm alive, I'm taking care of you. Hmm. She always tells me, well, I'm not going to need that. And I, you know, so that, but I just wanted to hear that from her. That's right. a way that I show her honor. You know, it's never going to be an inconvenience to me to care for her. Um, sometimes it's just, it's just staying in touch. So again, if you get older, there's ways to honor. You know, my mom isn't going to tell me what to do, per se, but I invited her voice into my life. Yeah. She did something with me when I got married that I really appreciated, and I've done this now with my children as they left home. She sat us down each one as we were getting ready to leave home as we were getting married, and she said, "Now I just want you to understand something. Our relationship now changes. You're out of my house. You're getting married to start your own home. But here, here's the deal. I powdered your behind. I paddled your behind. I took care of you when you were cold and sick and everything else. And that has earned for me a ticket. And that ticket is that for the rest of your life." i still get to tell you what i think but only one time so from here on out i just want you to know that if you're doing something you're saying something well, i think you should try something different i'm going to ask you and I'm going to say can i cash in a ticket right and i want to give you my opinion and then after i've given you my ticket and my opinion then i won't say anything else and you can stop me if i try to i won't nag you i'm not going to try to make the decision for you i'll have my say i'll feel better and then the choice is yours to make and from time to time, over the 30-some-odd you know, years, since I left home, she said, and I'm going to catch you a pickup right now, to believe it, and here's what I think. And then she said, now I'm done. Do what you want. And that has been great, because it gave me access to the wisdom, that freedom to disagree. Hmm. And I have found that's been, for me as a parent, it gives me the release with my adult children to, to tell them, look, that's what like you're getting rid to It's so flat-out crazy. However, it also gives me the, the opportunity to acknowledge that they're adults, people of making decisions, and they have a right to make a decision that I may meet differently. So, again, that respect, that honor flows both directions, good communication, and the honest conversation help reach that
0: in a lot. All right, so our final section here, recommended resources. Uh, what are some, I don't know you mentioned already, uh, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Ted Tripp. Are there any other uh, resources you'd recommend for someone who wanted to get in a little deeper here?
1: Well, I, you know, and, and as I was thinking about that, I, I don't know of two better books than the, the books by uh, the TRIP family on, on uh, shepherding yeah. and instructing, because it helps move people, particularly if they've got children living at home, away from a moralistic approach, a more principled approach. Uh, another book I recommend for, for teenagers, a couple of books, one of them is a book written by Stephen Wright, um, and I use this as a textbook called A Parent's Privilege, it's a play on words. Text into the time, um, and I think both of those are, are excellent books that will kind of help you uh, prepare the next generation um, for owning their faith, uh, for making decisions, and yet in any respect, um, and, and hopefully uh, acknowledging uh, the training that we've tried to make uh, during our years of in our lives.
0: All right, again, I'm going to throw in the book I've been recommending here throughout the series, The Ten Commandments by Kevin DeYoung. Uh, to get into that but also uh, the Ten Commandments by Thomas Watson and he has a really interesting section here on the idea of what it means um, to provoke fathers do not provoke your children well what does that mean he's got a really good section on that so I'd recommend you look at that as well so Dan thank you so much for taking the time and uh, coming on the podcast.
1: Kevin it's been a pleasure and uh, I look forward to our next conversation.
0: All right I want to thank all of you for listening as well don't forget Don't forget to check out our website where all these resources can be found at uh, www.basicbiblepodcast.org. So until next time, next time we will be talking about, we're moving on from honoring your parents to murder. Uh, And so we'll have a, a great podcast on that next time. So have a great rest of your week.